Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and we are joined by portfolio icon, Sarah Riappel. <laughs> Do you like that? Is, is that better than yeah. the previous yeah. uh, nicknames? You come, up, you come up with a new one every time. I like it. I know, I, but, I, but I don't think we've ever we've really gotten to the right one for you. So we'll... I'll keep working on it. We'll keep working. I'll, 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 uh, I'll toss it out at the kids. They usually come up with good ones. Yeah. You work. Uh, you work with your kids as well. So Sarah, Sarah runs uh, Portfolio Solutions at RBC Global Asset Management. Like to check in with Sarah on a regular basis to get her thoughts on positioning of portfolios, given what's happening in the market. So, uh, and there's a lot happening in the market. So we're we're just you know we're a month into the new year, and we're off to a volatile start. Can't say that that was particularly unexpected, but it it is a lot of volatility relative to what we experienced last year. Mm -hmm. uh, what what's driving this and and what can uh, investors expect for the remainder of the year? Yeah, it's certainly been um, interesting times for sure. So when we take a step back, uh, look at the bigger picture, we still see the economies in fairly decent shape. Um, you know, much of the damage from the pandemic has been repaired. The labor market is strong, uh, but inflation is running hot. And it's against this backdrop drop that um, there's really not that much reason for this extremely stimulative monetary policy that we've had in place for such a long time. So central banks are now being forced to respond. And that's the shift that we've seen over the last few weeks. So it's that more hawkish tone from central banks that's impacted markets as investors digest what it means for valuations and, and for asset prices. So, um, you know, why is this a problem for the markets? Well, the, the Fed needs to deliver just the right amount of tightening to tame inflation, but at the same time, keep the economy from falling into, into recession. So it's sort of a balancing act there, right? The, you know, the Fed announcement this week, they indicated they could start raising rates as soon as March. That's um, sooner than many originally had expected. Um, so all eyes are on the on the Fed watching if, uh, if they'll make a, a policy error. And now some people are saying that maybe they are have already made a, a policy error by not tightening soon enough um, as inflation um, started to run a little hotter. So markets will likely remain volatile during the period of transition into this new monetary regime. And then you know, add to that a few other risks that we're watching. Omicron, obviously, um, China presents another major source of uncertainty with stricter regulations, slowing growth, um, highly indebted real estate sector, and then geopolitical tensions. So Russia, Ukraine is a, is a good example. Um, you know, tensions continue to mount there and could be a source of volatility for, for markets going forward. So lots on the horizon, as usual. Um, uncertainty never goes away. There's always something that we're watching that could potentially um, worry investors and, and maybe just a little bit more so now than we have seen in the past. Yeah, as soon as the, uh, as soon as the Fed starts to get involved, at least in the way that they could potentially get involved, uh, it makes markets nervous, and then you're, you're, as you say, you're really at that at that part of it where they're going to start that tightening process. And then, do they make a mistake? Do they go too far? Yeah. And and not engineer that soft landing where they slow down inflation, but you still have good economic growth. So so that risk is out there. So given that all this, mm -hmm. uh, we last spoke in December. Has has your outlook changed a lot? Uh, not really. So, you know, financial markets have to digest all this new information. And we've seen some significant adjustments in both bonds and stocks since we last spoke in December. So the U.S. 10-year has risen over 30 basis points in the start, since the start of the year to about 1.8%, uh, um, you know, reaching its highest, its highest level since the pandemic. Our models suggest that yields should remain um, you know, should remain low, although they, they could gradually rise over time. So we're sort of thinking of closer to 2% potentially um, as, a, as a forecast going forward. 
Um, you know, the hawkish central banks have caused a significant re-rating in equity valuations, particularly in the most expensive segments of, of the market, you know, like technology and growth stocks. Um, that sell-off appears to be more of a re-rating of expensive growth companies rather than an actual deterioration of the economic outlook. So, so I think that's important. Um, so even with the recent sell-off, though, we think stocks remain, um, you know, they remain fully valued, particularly in U.S. large cap equities. However, on a relative basis, when you look at the total return prospects for stocks relative to bonds, we still prefer stocks in the asset mix. Uh, so a couple of changes that we've made recently is we um, actually moved some cash into bonds as yields rose to narrow the underweight there uh, a little bit. Still underweight, but just a little bit of a smaller underweight than we were before. And then um, the volatility that we saw this week with equity markets selling off, we actually took the opportunity to buy some stocks to to get ourselves to correct for the drift and get ourselves back up to our tactical targets. Um, you know, we, we really think that there's you know, sentiment indicators and breadth indicators are showing us that the market is likely oversold in here. And so we think it's a good opportunity to to pick away and buy some stocks. So, so, so Sarah, you, 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 you're, you're a huge proponent of, of, of a portfolio approach to investing. Uh, you still think that that's a, uh, even as we move into this new year, nothing has changed in terms of that core philosophy that using a portfolio approach, stocks and bonds, lots of diversification, is a great way for for investors to 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 position themselves for the long haul as they try to reach their financial goals. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, in an environment of market volatility, you want to take a multi-asset diversified approach to your investments because that's going to help to smooth out your your returns over the medium to long term and provide more you know consistent results for clients and keep them invested. Okay, so let's summarize how you've gotten the portfolios positioned right now. So we're overweight equities, underweight stocks. Uh, a little bit of an extra cash position as um, looking for opportunities to invest in the markets. Okay, and and I, I think one of the one of the things that, uh, that that we've seen in this particular in this particular pullback, and you alluded to it in in in, in your second part, uh, was around how how a lot of this correction has been concentrated in a particular area of the market, and what a lot of investors did because technology and let's be right open technology and high growth stocks some of these exciting new stocks companies that that you know at the core have fantastic ideas incredibly innovative likely going to be great businesses at some point down the road at least some of them will be mm -hmm. but just crazy valuations on them yep. uh and and yep. so and that, that was why i was asking about this diverse diversified approach because you're when you're when you're when you're in there buying individual holdings. Sometimes investors tend to get really excited about those areas that are going up and growth. And whereas when you're managing portfolios, you're much more disciplined in that. Now you're going to have some exposure there, but you're going to have a lot of other things that, in the event what's been happening happens, the portfolio has enough diversification to to hold up. And, and withstand the losses in that area. Yeah, it is absolutely okay to to look for those opportunities and have investments in those the technology sectors, the growth sectors, the stuff where there is some potential significant returns, but as part of a multi-asset portfolio and those positions have to be scaled to the potential risk and volatility um, in those segments of the market. So, you know, totally believe in, in, a, in a diversified approach. You can have access uh, allocations to those parts of the market, but they shouldn't be your entire portfolio because that's where you're going to um, feel a lot of pain when we get through periods of volatility like this. Now, you've been uh, you've been out in public because you're a high demand public speaker. 
Uh, you've got a great, <laughs> uh, great LinkedIn account for, for, for people to follow. You, you're, you're always putting interesting stuff up on there. Uh, one of the things that you've been talking about, and I think it's really important for investors to key in on right now as they're, as they're making their financial plans, because the last decade has been so good, uh, both on the fixed income and particularly on the equity side. But as we move forward, expectations around returns for, say, a conservative or balanced investor are likely not where they've been uh, in, in the past decade and even historically. W what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, they, so thank you for that, because we actually have a, a LinkedIn post that's just about to go to print um, over the next probably today or, or possibly on Monday on lower expected returns going forward. So we've had such an extraordinary period of returns you know, over the last decade uh, since the financial crisis. And we just we think we're at a turning point in markets now. And we just don't think that the, the return environment going forward is going to be as robust as it has been in the past. We think that returns are going to be lower, potentially below historical averages. And so uh, investors need to, you know, adjust their expectations accordingly. Um, that doesn't mean we just have to accept them, though. What that means is that you have to revisit your asset mix, revisit your portfolios and 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 how they're built, because the the asset, the optimal asset mix of the last 10 years is not necessarily the optimal asset mix of the next 10 years. So you have to actually renovate uh, portfolios to prepare them for the future. And I think we're at that point now. Yeah. And, and even if, if, if we look at if, if we think of it as uh, how, how we'd invest through the business cycle. So we have Eric LaSalle's on from time to time and we and we take a look at his uh, analytics in terms of where we sit in the business cycle. Typically, when you're sitting in kind of the middle of the business cycle, you'd be at more of a neutral position. Mm -hmm. But because of what where we're sitting in fixed income markets, it's a little bit different this time, right? In terms of that, that exposure to equity, uh, because that is where you're, if you're going to get returns, that's where you're likely going to get them, right? Yeah. So, you know, we're expecting probably um, low to potentially negative returns in sovereign bonds, uh, a little bit uh, better returns, sort of mid single digits for corporate credits, uh, investment grade corporates within fixed income and kind of mid to high single digits for um, equity markets. And so if you put that all together from the perspective of a balanced um, investor, we're sort of thinking in the range of four to 5% going forward, which is below the, the long-term historical average of 7% for a balanced investor. So still, still positive returns, um, lower than we've ex uh, experienced in the past. And then, you know, the reason that we're positioned our asset mix the way it is because of the relative return prospects of stocks versus bonds. Um, even though valuations are, are quite full in here, we still think that the return potential out of stocks, even at these valuation, valuation levels, is still um, superior to what we can get out of bonds. So that's why we're still overweight equities in the asset mix. Excellent. Well, I know, I, I know you're very humble and you, I know you've got a great team working with you, but, uh, but nobody does it better, Sarah. I love, love hearing about <laughs> what you're doing on the, on, in, within, the, within the portfolios that you manage. Uh, it, it's a pretty significant responsibility that you have. Uh, we won't say the exact dollar figure, but it's a lot. And <laughs> yeah. uh, and and you, uh, you you always have interesting things to say. So it's great to have you on again. Uh, thanks for your time. Thank you so much. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.